constant floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call. Let us help you make your home improvement projects just a little bit easier. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. We're here to help you get those jobs done. 888-666-3974. Coming up this hour, you definitely don't want to spend a lot of cash these days, and your nest egg may be waning a little bit with the stock fluctuation. But there is one investment that is sure to pay off, and of course, it is your house. Maintaining the investment and making the modest upgrades now that can bring you the most bang for your buck are real important. So on today's show, we're going to start what will be a brand new series. We call it Recession Proof Home Improvement Investments. That's coming up in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, it's almost time to get ready for spring. That's right. This cold winter is almost over. We're going to tell you what plants and flowers will thrive best in your garden no matter where you live. And we've also got some tips on how you can spruce up your wood floors with an idea that might be a little bit out there for some of you. Paint. Yes, many (laughs) folks today are actually applying paint to wood floors. Why should you consider that? Well, there are a few very good reasons, and we're going to cover those in just a few minutes. Plus, we're giving away a great prize this hour, in my opinion. We have got a copy of our book to one listener this hour. That's right. We are giving away a copy of My Home, My Money Pay, your guide to every home improvement adventure. And I bet you we could arrange that it be signed especially for you. Possibly. 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those phones. I think we've got some pull with the authors. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Leslie, who's first? Hey, John in New York is dealing with a construction job that is getting out of hand price-wise. What's going on? How you doing? Um, My mother actually uh, let a construction uh, person give her an estimate for uh, for gutters and... um, and, and uh, fascia boards. Okay. And it, it, it started off as a $2,600 job. And um, they pulled the fascia boards down and the gutters down and then pushed her in and to, to saying that she needed a, uh, a new roof to be put on. Ugh. Um, and then they ripped the roof off and then they said that the siding, uh, the, the water is dripping behind the, uh, the walls and the siding had to be ripped off. Oh, wow. That's ridiculous. So when, by the time I got involved, the entire house was stripped down to the two-by-fours. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Um, and this is two days before we were going to have a major snowstorm. <laughs> and um, like I said, it started off as a $2,600 job, snowballed into a $57,000 Of course. Job. I oh. mean, roofing and siding, that's pretty pricey. This sounds like a total yeah. ripoff. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I could call consumer uh, complaints, and they um, said that these people had about 60 complaints on them. Oh, oh boy. And, uh, has, your, has your mother paid paid them all this money? Well, um, she paid them about $20,000. Oh, my God. Uh, the, the whole while she was telling them that she didn't have any money um, to pay for this, and they arranged financing on $15,000. Oh. oh, my God. Did she sign something? Did they arrange this? She doesn't believe that she signed anything, but... Okay. Uh, I'm yet to see any information to be returned to me from the uh, mm. lending company on the contractor. And what is the state that the house is in now? Uh, well, actually, you know, they, they did an excellent job putting it back together again. Okay, um, and and you, you're pretty sure that your mom has only paid them 20000 of the fifty-seven that they thought they had coming to them? Uh, yes. All right, here's what I would do, John, a couple of things. F- first of all, um, if you've not done it before, I would take an opportunity to to basically interview your mother and make very detailed notes as to, you know, dates, times, places, what was said, what was done. So you have a written record of everything that went on here. The second thing I would do is is I would write them a letter and tell them that they're under no cir- circumstances are they to do any further work on this house. 
And the third thing I would do is I would get an attorney to correspond with them and let them come after you for the money. Let them chase you if they think that they're owed additional money. Because it sounds to me like they clearly took advantage of her. I'd also make sure that if the attorney says this, there's anything that they did was criminal, I would follow a criminal complaint with the local police as well and follow it through. Because it very well may be that what they've done uh, was illegal in some sense of the word. All right, thank you very much. All right, John. Thanks so much for Thank calling you. us at 888-MONEY-PIT. What a terrible story. Gosh, that's so Those awful. guys are out there. Ringing doorbells, hoping to get somebody. Yeah, they ring doorbells and they say, you've got a problem, lady, but no worries. We're just the guys to fix it for we you. We swooped in just in time. Now We're write here to us a check. You. Oh, God, that's awful. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We would love to lend you a hand to get those spring home improvements organized and ready to hit the home improvement work table. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we are here to lend you a hand at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, you have a wood floor that's a little too boring for your taste. Well, you can actually spruce that floor up with paint for an amazing result. We'll have details on how to get that project done next. You're in a money pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. One caller that we talked to on the air this hour who asks us their home improvement question is going to get a chance to win a copy of our book. It's called My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. And it is chock full of great tips, tricks of the trade, and all of this information that we love to present to you is, you know, served up with a little sense of humor, just like we give you every week here at the Money Pit. All you have to do is give us a call with your home improvement question, and you could be the lucky caller. Give us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Now, if your hardwood floors are looking pretty beat up these days, you could refinish them, but you could also sand them down a little and paint them. Give your home, it would give your home sort of a cottagey seashore kind of feel. You can paint a checkerboard pattern, you can paint a border, you can paint a design, even sort of a faux rug right on top of your wood floors. It really does look amazing. Now, the key, of course, is proper preparation. Make sure you both sand and prime both bare wood or previously varnished floors. After you paint, you want to seal the paint with a water-based polyurethane. This will keep the paint looking great longer, makes it also a lot easier to clean. The ideas are really endless in terms of the designs, and the floor will definitely go from boring to charming in just one simple project. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If you're not feeling so confident to sort of tackle something freehand if you head over to your local art or craft shop you will be surprised to see how many stencils there are out there that if you sort of lay them out in a repetitive pattern you can create a beautiful rug look for the floor and you can even find one that looks like a tassel and here's a tip if you sort of paint the tassel first in a dark tone and then once it's dry shift it just slightly over the original tassel that you stenciled onto the floor with a lighter tone you create instant shadow and it gives it dimension 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Now we're going to head over to Tennessee and chat with Kenny about a roofing question. How can we help you? Hi. We live in the northeast corner of Tennessee. Get a lot of rain and snow and wind. Okay. And we're looking at replacing 15-year-old asphalt shingles on our roof within the next year or so. Okay. okay. Our question is, 
Um, a lot of people in our area have been replacing their shingles with metal roofing. Mm-hmm. And we're wondering um, what the advantages would be or if we need to just stick with what we've got. Well, metal roofing is really what's called investment-grade roofing. It lasts a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's very, very expensive, I'll just tell you that. Uh, but it's beautiful. Uh, it also can be more energy efficient for your home because there are low-E coatings in the paint that actually reflects the sunlight. So in an area like Tennessee, it will keep it a lot cooler in the summer. Mm-hmm. And um, it can be cost-effective in the way that because the metal roof itself is so lightweight, you're not going to have to remove the existing shingle underneath it. You can go right on top of that, where if you were to go with another asphalt shingle, depending on layers and depending on how long you're going to be in the house, you would have to get rid of everything that were there. Right. Now, on the flip side, there's nothing wrong with the asphalt shingles. If you're concerned about storm resistance, you can put in a shingle that's wind resistant. Owens Corning makes a shingle that can stand up to 130 mile per hour wind. Okay. Now, do you happen to know what the lifespan is of the um, roof you already have up there? Because I know some of the asphalt shingles are 20, 30, 40 lifetime. These were 20 year. Okay. And um, they've held up fairly well. We have had a couple of uh, winters that blew off several of them, you know, that we had to replace. So um, it, it's kind of unsightly in those areas because of the fading of the color. All right, well, it doesn't sound like it's an emergency at this stage. No. You know, if you like the look of metal roofing and you want to make the investment, it's great stuff. But if you're just concerned about shingles and keeping them from blowing away, then I would use a, a better quality shingle that's designed to stand up that way. Well, thank you very much. You know what? Before we let you go, just check out a website. It's called metalroofing.com, and that's by the Metal Roofing Alliance. And you can see their different installers, what it can look like, the different colors that are available, learn about their energy efficiency. So just you might want to visit there real fast before you, you make your decision. I'll do that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. All right, now we're going to head over to North Carolina where Shelly needs some help with a kitchen cabinet project. What can we do for you? We have about 12-year-old white thermofoil cabinets, and at this point they have started to discolor unevenly, so some are sort of off-white. And some are kind of yellow. Yes, and um, and in other places like over the stovetop, the the plastic coating has peeled away a little bit. Yeah. We're wondering what our options are, whether we need to – we've talked to some refacers who would replace all the doors and drawers completely – or is painting them an option? Um, we just wanted to know what our options are for correcting them. You know, it's probably possible to paint the thermofoil. Uh, I would use an oil-based primer, but i got to tell you, it's a very difficult cabinet type to work with because it's a fairly economical type of cabinet type. Not, And I know this is not what you wanted to hear, not designed to last, you know, like a lifetime. It's mm-hmm. a fairly a short-term product. Um, the cabinet refacers, where they're going to reface the entire front of them, is definitely an option, or you might just want to think about replacing all the cabinets. I mean, the the second one where you do the refacing is usually about 60 to 75% of the cost of doing the whole kitchen over again. The problem is we have already done the granite work, and that's in place, and we're hoping not to have to rip that out. So you put expensive granite on top of the thermofoil cabinets. Smart. Yeah. Well, listen, why don't you but, try the painting Tom, and see on if the you box, like it? On the thermofoil cabinets, mm-hmm. is it is the box the same material or is the box more of a solid wood? No, the box is typically a, some sort of a composite board, like a like a wafer board or something uh-huh. of that nature or a chip board. Sometimes medium density fiber board, but but typically it's not not solid wood. Hmm. 
The painting, I think, with the thermofoil, I mean, everybody who's ever attempted this just has major adhesion issues. Yeah, and especially if you're telling us that the cabinet's delaminating. I mean, basically, the doors and the fronts are so damaged now that you couldn't really paint it because that's not the issue. What you're painting is going to peel away. Yeah, those doors in particular would have to be replaced. Even yeah, yeah. You might just want to think about new fronts or replacing the cabinets to begin with. I mean, the, the granite counter can be pulled very carefully and and, and it's not like you're going to change the layout. Yeah, as long as you don't change the layout. There's no reason you can't use the counter again. you just got to be really careful about taking it out. Okay. Make sure they reinforce it from the top, especially around the sink, because that's the weakest part. I bet you if you remember when it was put in, they were probably very careful around the sink opening. Yes, I think that's right. Yep, so it's got to be reinforced before it's taken apart. Right. Well, that's really helpful. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. We had a dollar for every time someone called us about ratty thermofoil cabinets. We'd be rich people right now. Uh, it's terrible. It and is it's terrible. always the discoloration. And everybody yep. thinks, hey, I'm getting a good deal. Look at these snazzy white cabinets. Yeah. Well, they're but only white for like, let's what, talk five in years? five years. Yeah. And we'll talk about your snazzy yellow, yellow. not so great <laughs> looking things. <laughs> Yeah, go with peach walls. That ought to make a difference. <laughs> Embrace it. match it. <laughs> Sorry. All right, let's get back news. to the phones. Who's next? Adding insulation to your attic is a great way to improve your home's energy efficiency, and that's what Gene from New Jersey wants to talk about. What can we do for you? Yeah, I've got a house two years old, and it's got R30 in the attic. But when I get up there, I kind of look around, and I can kind of see a little here and there, like the drywall from, you know, between the... Sh- Bats of insulation. Okay. Is it worthwhile going with another R20? I see some of the websites say this area in the mid-Atlantic should have at least R50 in the attic. Well, certainly you can't have too much insulation. So adding another layer of unfaced fiberglass bats installed perpendicular to the existing insulation is a good idea. The one thing I would caution you to do, though, is to make sure that you have enough ventilation in that space. Because if you have insulation without ventilation, it's going to get damp and humid, and that could be a problem for you. So I would make sure that I had at least a continuous ridge and soffit vent, so I was flushing plenty of cold, dry air through that space so I don't get moisture. Because if you add just 2% moisture to insulation, the R value goes down by about a third. Yeah, I've got a full-length ridge vent, and there's a couple of exhaust fans up there, too. Well, the exhaust fans are not the most efficient way to vent an attic. If you've got a full-length ridge vent, that's good. I would also make sure that I have full-length soffit vents or perforated soffits on either side of the overhangs. I think there's a pretty good cross-flow up there. All right, good. Is there an advantage to having it blown in as opposed to putting bats? Um, Not necessarily. Both are effective. I had a contractor give me a price on being blown in, and it seemed to be quite a bit more than a obvious if I did it myself. Well, yeah, there's a lot of labor and equipment involved in that. The only thing bad about blowing is it makes it really hard to do things after the fact. If you have to, you know, run a wire or fix something, it's kind of hard to get around. And some of them were talking a cellulose and some were talking a rock wool. Does it really make a difference? I wouldn't use rock wool. Uh, That's an old technology. Cellulose Uh or fiberglass is really the two materials that are used right now. Okay. Well, good. Well, I guess I get my money back then by putting another art 20 or 30 up there, then. I think it's a good idea, Gene, and it's an easy do-it-yourself project, so why not? Itchy, though. Itchy. Well, you know, you dress for it, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And wear some sort of ventilation mask and safety goggles. Definitely, and a lot of old clothes you can get rid of afterwards. And, you know, I'll tell you something, Gene. Um, There's there's types of insulation now called encapsulated insulation where it's sort of inside of a ventilated sort of plastic cover. 
That's fine too. That is an unfaced insulation, oh, even okay. though it has a wrap around it. It's a lot more comfortable to handle. That's great. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Up next, we want to help you make recession-proof upgrades in your Money Pit. We're going to tell you what materials are economical and strong enough to stand up to the constant wear and tear you put your kitchen through. So stick around. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. You can count on Thermatrue for beautiful, reliable, and easy-to-install entry doors. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you know, during a recession, you might be tempted to put off any home improvement projects that you have in mind or, or even put off some of the regular maintenance on your house. Not a good idea. Your house may very well be your biggest investment and one that is much more likely to pay off than certainly some others these days. So we're going to kick off a series today called Recession Proof Home Improvements. First up, let's talk about your kitchen. Yeah, you know, kitchens are still the room in your house that bring one of the biggest returns on your investment when you upgrade your home. And it's often the room that truly helps to sell the house. It's one thing that a buyer is going to walk in and fall in love with your kitchen, and it could be the true decision maker right there. And, you know, changing just a couple of areas, the floors or the counters, for example, can make a huge difference. But think about using economical and renewable materials. For example, cork floors, they are getting more and more popular every day. Cork is very eco-friendly because you don't have to kill the tree it comes from to harvest the cork. Plus, the flooring companies today are making the flooring from waste material left over from corks from wine. You know, another idea is a bamboo countertop. It's 16% harder than maple and can actually be as strong as steel. And bamboo is a grass that doesn't require replanting and can grow back in as little as three years. A lesson I learned as a child when I had to pull all the bamboo plants out from the back of my yard. My dad said, <laughs> I can't go to Disney World until I get rid of all the bamboo. So I worked really hard that summer to make it on the family vacation. So anyway, think about it. Plan well, and you can definitely make some minor investments right now that will pay off big in the value of your home later. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Matthew in Texas needs some help with an accessibility question. What can we do for you? Yes, I needed some help uh, on suggestions of how to build a ramp. Okay. My grandmother had hip surgery, and we can't get her in the house without a ramp. All right. Tell me something. How uh, high is are the steps off of the house right now? They're about four feet high. Okay, so you're going to need quite a long ramp. There's a good organization um, out in Minnesota called the Wheelchair Ramp Project, and their website is wheelchairramp.org. And they have on that website a complete manual on how to do this. But the key issues are going to be the number of feet that you need to run that ramp so that you could go down um, at a rate of about one inch per foot. So in other words, if you're going to go out one inch per foot, you need a ramp that's 12 feet long to drop a height of 12 inches. So that's why uh, you have to carefully plan this. 
You know, it may be, I don't know, but perhaps another, uh, another door of the house is lower to the ground. But that's the kind of thing you have to go through. And then the other thing is it's going to be real important, Matt, that you check with the town to determine what types of restrictions they may have mm-hmm. on and the zone. And what zoning. permits you might need. And the permits, that's right. Yes, sir. Well, right. thank you, guys. You're welcome, Matt. Check it out, wheelchairramp.org. Good site, okay? Yes, sir. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Repair or replace? That's what Brian in North Carolina's question is. How can we help you? Hey, um, I've just got a question about my roofing. Uh, I don't know exactly how old it is, and um, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be needing replacing sometime soon. And my question is, should I wait until I you know, notice some leaking or notice, I guess, some moisture up in the attic before I replace it or... Any tips on what to, you know, how to approach that? Yeah, you want to take a look at inspect the roof to determine its condition. Here's what you're looking for. Um, look closely at the shingles to see if they're cracked or fissured. If it's okay. an asphalt shingle that was put in the last 15 years, it's going to be very thin. And the way they break down is they actually have sort of hairline cracks that form in them. And you won't be able to see this, Brian, unless you're like right on top of it. And what I mean by that is you have to be on a ladder looking down at it or you have to be walking the roof which, of okay. course, can be dangerous if, you, if you're not really comfortable in that situation. But look at the shingles themselves. See if you spot any signs of deterioration. Check the flashing areas where the roof meets uh, the walls or, or two sections of roof intersect together or where plumbing vents come through. The good news is as it roof shingles wear, they seldom wear so dramatically that they cause leaks. The leaks are almost always caused by a problem with the flashing. But if the roof is starting to crack and fissure, then it would be time to think about replacements. I'd wait till the summer, till it's nice and warm, and I'd replace it at that time. Would you see curling or, or pocking of the surface? You could, depending on the shingles. If it's really old, you may see them curl up at the bottom. You may see, see them get sort of blisters. And that's a condition called rash blistering, and it happens when there's too much moisture in the shingle and the moisture evaporates, and it sort of chips off uh, pieces of the granular surface at the same time. Okay. So it sounds like I need to make a trip up there and and check out... Yeah, you need to take a look nice and close, and and then you can make a determination from there. Okay, will do. I appreciate the advice. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. And binoculars wouldn't do the trick? Yeah, you know, good point. You can use binoculars if you're not comfortable walking up there. Uh, but a good quality pair because, again, you got to look at those shingles very, very closely to understand whether they're in good shape or not. Okay. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Still ahead, spring is right around the corner. Would you like to see some perfect blooms in that garden? We'll tell you which flowers and plants will thrive no matter where you live next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. One caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win an autographed copy of our brand spanking new book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. All right, pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you are thinking about getting your spring garden, all of your planning done so that once this weather sort of thaws out, you can get right into the garden because 
spring is seriously right around the corner. I'm so excited for it. It is just a few weeks from now. You are going to be gearing up for the spring planting season. So here's a great tip for those of you who like the look of a lush yard, but don't necessarily have the time or the resources for one. Number one, native plants, you know, grasses, trees, flowers, even shrubs that are naturally found in your region grow much better than any of their imported cousins would. In other words, don't buy birds of paradise plants if you live in Minnesota. It's just not going to work. No can matter you how buy bird of paradise if you live in Minnesota? You probably can. <laughs> you know, with the internet, you can get everything. That's true. That's true. I have to tell you, every time we did an episode of The Ugliest House down in Florida and we planted bougainvillea, which is this sort of very tropical, hot pink, viney, even thorny plant, you see it in the Caribbean, you see it in Florida, Every time I'd be like, are you sure I can't have this up in New York? And they're like, no. I'm like, please? <laughs> no. So it's just not going to work. You know, native plants and grasses, number one, they're going to need far less water, less fertilizer, less herbicides, and even pesticides. So go native in your landscape. It is better for you, your wallet, and the environment. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Who's next? And in Ohio has a question about a basement floor. What can we do for you? Hi. I bought an 80-year-old house, and it seems like everything was wrong with it, but I, I've got most of it fixed, and now I'm in the basement, and I'm real fortunate. It's a dry basement, and the original cement hasn't been stained. I want to clean it, just regular clean it and dry it, and but I want a clear sealer to put on it so that um, I've seen paint before that peels and that, and I think a clear sealer would just be so nice because you could sweep it and it's sealed and it doesn't stain or anything, but I can't find a clear sealer. Oh, there's lots of masonry sealers out there, Etta. You know, the kind of paint that you might also want to be thinking about is something called an epoxy paint. Mm -hmm. That's what okay. really sticks like the dickens on a, on a concrete surface. It's a two-part epoxy. You mix it up as you apply it, working one gallon at a time, and uh, it really hardens quite nicely. It has tremendous adhesion qualities to it. And some of these epoxy paints come in kits with floor cleaners, and it's all sort of one mm -hmm. system. And when it's all done, it works really, really well. You know, we... Um, use one of the epoxy paints on our, our local Boy Scout house. And I've got to tell you, there's, I can't imagine many uh, concrete floors that get more uh, traffic than this particular one does with uh -huh. all the kids and their camping supplies and all of the, uh, the wet and the dirty that goes through that. It really is stood up quite nicely. Well, where do you buy that? And does it come in clear? It doesn't come in clear. There is a company that makes a clear, and the name of the company is R.S. Hughes, um, H-U-G-H-E-S. It's a little bit pricey, but they do uh -huh. offer a clear epoxy sealer. That would be great. And then, um, like I said, I've seen some of the, the floor paints just peeling at or scrape when you, when you do what you do in the basement. <laughs> mm -hmm. But if you so, use the epoxy paints, they're not going to peel. Um, there's a couple of manufacturers. These, these paints are available at home centers everywhere. There is a Rust-Oleum makes one called Epoxy Shield. Quickcrete and does. Quickcrete makes an epoxy paint. So uh -huh. they're very available and they're very reliable and they do a great job. Okay, Etta? You know, I was at a uh, store the other day, and I was tempted by this one, and it said for exterior use only. I can't use that, can I? Yeah, if it says for exterior use, you mm -hmm. could certainly use it for interior use, and that actually um, would be okay. <gasps> well, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Etta. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
Well, here at The Money Pit, we love to remain optimistic, even when things are looking pretty dark. Because, you know, even in a bad economy, there are some silver linings out there. Are you thinking about bargain hunting for a foreclosed home? Well, you better know the five fatal flaws sometimes involved in foreclosed properties. We're going to tell you where to look next. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, your source for home improvement solutions. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we hear about it every day. More and more homeowners are facing foreclosure, thinking about doing a little bargain hunting for your own dream house. Well, if that house might have been one that was foreclosed on, you want to beware of the five fatal foreclosure flaws that could turn the dream into a nightmare. I wrote a column about just that topic for AOL. It is called Five Fatal Foreclosure Flaws. Simply find it at moneypit.aol.com. What happened, Tommy? You ran out of words that begin with the letter F. Yeah, I thought that was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, and don't forget, you can email us your question while you're on moneypit.com by clicking the Ask Tom and Leslie icon. And I'm going to start with Benjamin in New Hampshire, um, who's wishing he'd read that column. His email says, my wife and I are getting ready to buy a home that was recently vacated due to foreclosure. When the previous owners left, they took everything that wasn't nailed down. The biggest issue is the missing circuit breaker panel. To remove it, they cut the wires along the top of the box. Now the wires will not reach down in a new panel. I'm curious, is there a safe and legal way to junction the wires so that the extensions can be added that will allow us to put in a new circuit breaker panel? Wow! Yes, and in fact, it's called a junction box. Every one of those splices of wires has to be joined to a new wire inside an electrical box. Now, Probably what would happen in this particular situation is you may cut back the wires even a little bit further, find a place to mount the small junction box, and then just go one for one. You can actually have, say, three or four wires all joined together, and that group of wires can be contained in the same junction box. But you're going to essentially add extensions onto each wire and then have every splice be contained inside a junction box, rewire the new panel, and you will be good to go. Pretty straightforward, simple uh, project for an electrician. And obviously, you're going to bring one in to wire this box. So I don't think that's a big issue. I think you can go ahead and buy the house just like it is. And that's not going to add significantly to the cost of replacing that panel. Wow, that's like a, a bitter removal in the whole process. That's crazy to take that. Yeah, the guy was thinking, if I can't have my breaker panel, nobody's going to get it. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got Maria from New Jersey who writes, what is the best and cheapest way to change tiles in the bathroom? The tiles on the floor and on, oh, the tiles are on the floor and on the wall in the shower area. Well, as far as those floor tiles are concerned, I don't think you even have to remove them, Maria. I think you can go right on top of them with a second layer of tile. Now, in terms of the bathroom, that is a rather big job to remove those tiles. You are going to end up destroying the wall that's behind it. If the wall is um, a concrete wall, if this is what we call a mud tile job, I would strongly encourage you to keep the tile and find some way to decorate around it because it's a really good wall that's very expensive to mm -hmm. replace. If it's on top of drywall and you don't mind the big mess, Go ahead and tear it out. You're going to end up going right down to the studs. And then when you put the tile back, you can use a good quality tile backer, like Den's Armor is a tile backer that's made by uh, Georgia Pacific. That's perfect for this. It won't grow mold. But remember, it's a real big job to tear down those tile walls. So be sure that's what you absolutely want to do. 
And Tom, what do you need to do to um, account for the extra height on the toilet if you go above with the um, secondary coat of tiling on the floor? Good question. There is an extension to the toilet flange that will actually make up that space. Or you can do what 90% of the plumbers do that are out there. They double up the wax seal. Oh, <laughs> but don't you eventually get compression? Well, you do, and that's the whole point of the wax seal. It does squeeze in between them. But I've actually pulled some toil out, toilets out that had you know, two or three wax seals because people are trying to deal with a leak. But either way works just fine. And you know what, Maria? You're supposed to replace it every so often anyway, so enjoy that project. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The show continues online at moneypit.com 24-7. Find great home improvement advice tips and suggestions all there on moneypit.com i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti helping you build big dreams Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.